Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode, and I'm so glad you're joining me. I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights this podcast, Unshaken, our blog called Planted, our mom-to-mom ministry aimed at encouraging mothers in the work they do, and also our Regarding Him conference that happens yearly in March. There is so much good content on these socials, you are not going to want to miss it, so go follow them today. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory, like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, CastBox. It helps us out and it also helps you out because you get notifications of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to us at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you ever have any ideas, suggestions, or thoughts about an episode. Or maybe you just want to tell me about something that you heard on an episode and how it impacted you. Finally, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put on by women, and our goal is to encourage and challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Okay, all you grammar nerds out there, have you ever heard of an idiom? An idiom is a phrase that, when taken as a whole, has a meaning that you wouldn't be able to deduce from the meaning of the individual words, okay? Basically, it means that what you're saying is not actually what you mean. One year, my son had to do a project at school. He had to take an idiom and draw a picture of what it was actually saying over what the meaning is. So, for example, some of his classmates drew different things. One student drew a picture of dogs and cats coming down from the sky, and the idiom was, it's raining cats and dogs. Another example was a student drew a picture of a little person, a stick figure drawing, stuck between a rock on one side and the corner of a wall on the other, which represented being in the middle of making a decision, and the idiom is being between a rock and a hard place. My son's idiom was falling in love. So he drew an adorable little person at the top with a whole bunch of hearts around him falling from the sky, basically going to drop right on the person down below and uh, smack him because he was falling in love. Now, the teacher put these all into a cute little book. I, I still have it. It's in my drawer. I just pulled it out, actually, for this episode. Now, sometimes we use idioms in our lives to describe what's going on. One idiom that I have used frequently is the phrase, my plate is too full, right? Uh, Now, I'm not telling you that I have put too many mashed potatoes or too much green bean casserole on my plate. What I'm really telling you is that I'm just really busy and I don't have time to do anything else. Sometimes we can think that our plate is too full in regard to the work that is in and under our own roof. Today, Ellie Doherty is going to walk us through some very handy helps for the home. Now, this is not just a talk for someone who is a stay-at-home mom full-time, but it's actually a talk for any woman, no matter your station in life. It doesn't even matter if you have a home. You might just have a bedroom or an apartment to take care of or your corner of a dorm room. But she's going to share with us some great principles and tips for how you and I can care for the homes that God has given us and how we can honor God in doing so. 
Scripture teaches us that we as women are to build our homes and not tear them down with our own hands. And the topic of this session covers helpful ideas to build our homes. If we're going to be builders, then we need to have lots of energy. So one way to increase your energy is to eat well. And I know firsthand it is not fun to sit around and talk about diet, but today we're going to talk about creating a spiritually balanced meal plan. And that's not scary. God desires us to be spiritually healthy women to care for the responsibilities he's given us. So for the next 30 minutes, just think of me as your dietitian, and I'm going to help you each begin a, to build a spiritually balanced meal plan that just fits you. So life is busy, and we all have a lot on our plates. So let's take um, our handout, and the first thing we're going to determine is what kind of plate you are. So if you downloaded this from the internet or had your packet from the conference, you'll take your paper out, and there's a questionnaire there. Just click off this um, off the computer and for two minutes, just really quick and easy answer these questions. Don't think too hard. If you don't have the questionnaire, that's no problem either. Just listen along as I describe the following things and you can just choose what best fits where your personality is. All right, so I'll be back in just a second when you're ready. You may want to head over to our show notes and grab that questionnaire that Allie is referencing. This questionnaire kind of helps you figure out how you fit into today's topic. But this is not necessary to listen to this particular talk. Let's jump back in. All right, so I'm going to describe the different plates. So first, if you scored highest here, you're the paper plate. You're typically on the move, you're often ministering in very hands-on ways, and much of your time is spent with different groups of people. You're flexible and easygoing, and you keep things simple, but you can have a hard time bearing too many burdens. You know, that picnic plate where it's too full, it starts folding. Or next is the melamine plate. You're practical and multifaceted. You wear a lot of different hats of responsibility. You can fit a lot in a small amount of time, but you do need longer periods of rest in between tasks. You are great at serving your family, but sometimes it is hard to break from your normal routine. You can only withstand so much heat or pressure. You know, those melamine plates, you can microwave them, but not very long. They get super hot. Next is the Corel. You are resilient and fashionable. You also have a lot of responsibilities in many different areas but you do not take a lot of time to rejuvenate between tasks. That's not necessarily a choice, but you don't know what you would change. When you finally break, you shatter. Have you ever had to sweep up, Corel? <laughs> it's bad, <laughs> bad. All right, next is China. You like things formal and safe. The thought of many activities scares you, so you only fill up your plate a couple of times a year for special occasions. You like interacting with people, but you tend to hold back and keep things looking nice but protected. So those are our different descriptions, and when you figured out what it is, when you flip the paper over, there's a picture of another plate. If you want to, on the left side of the line, go ahead and write what kind of plate you are, and then at the end, we'll fill in the other side. So next, we know what kind of plate. This is absolutely key. Um, it doesn't 
matter what kind, but you actually have to sit down to the meal. So why? Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The kind of plate you are is just your own personality or preferences. Your actual plate is your life in Jesus Christ, and you must bring this to the meal. You can't pile mashed potatoes in one hand and just walk around. You must have the foundation of your meal and sit down. And if you have any questions about this, you can reach out to the person who invited you to the women's conference, or you could seek out someone from the Regarding Him website, and anyone would be happy to talk to you about this. So first, a little recap, you have figured out what kind of plate you are. Second, you know that the foundation of your meal must be a life in Jesus Christ. Remember, I'm your dietitian, and I'm here to help you find a plan that works for you, not what helped your neighbor, even if you're seeking the same goal. So how do we know where to start? Well, God's word teaches us to pray. So let's hear the prayer found in Psalm 90, verses 12 through 17. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This prayer is taught by the psalmist here, who happens to be Moses. So think back, what do you know about Moses? He was a humble man, and he led a large group of grumbling people. Does that resonate with you? Well, why? When you don't know where to start or you don't know your purpose, Moses teaches us to spend time in prayer and ask direction of God. You could even use this prayer. I have a couple of examples from this prayer. Moses starts with, teach us. You could pray, dear Lord, please teach me to know what is important in my life. What areas have you called me to be responsible for as a woman who loves you? Or get wisdom. You could pray, please give me wisdom in where I spend my time. Is there an area that I'm spending too much time on or too little? Help me to know what this looks like. Satisfy us in the morning. You could pray, Father, please help me to think of you first thing in the morning. Before I start, all of the things that are on my list, will you slow me down and focus my thoughts on you and your word? May I see that this is where I will find peace. Or make us glad. Lord, sometimes it is really hard to juggle all of my responsibilities. I have a hard time leading others to be joyful, let alone myself. Make me glad. Help me to see the joy in doing the work you have for me. And finally, you could pray, establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of my hands. Lord, please let your favor fall on me as I seek to obey your commands. May I see the value in working for you. May you be in all that I do. Help me to see the work you have for me. So those are just some examples. What I want you to know after the end of today is God establishes the work of our hands. 
God tells us what is the best meal plan for us. So remember, you know what kind of plate you have. You know the foundation of your balanced meal is a life in Jesus. And now you know you have learned to seek God in prayer and establish the work of your hands. But what does a balanced meal even look like? So I'm your dietitian. I'm going to walk you through this, but I have one big warning. Don't eat off your neighbor's plate. Do not compare. It's hard for us as women, but this is to be helpful for just you. So I've taken different scenarios from six different possible phases of life. They're just suggestions where your priorities generally should be. And I added this chart to the bottom of that survey questionnaire page um, so you can see where that might be helpful to you. So I'll just go through what is helpful for me. I'll walk you through my plate. So if I have my plate, you know in a normal balanced meal, you have your proteins and your grains. And so I will help you through that. So on my plate, my protein for everyone is the most important, but does not take the most of my time. So for me, this is my husband. This is time praying for him, helping him, intimacy, having fun, date night. These are my, this is my most important, but doesn't take most of my time. Next is the grain. The grain takes quite a bit of my time, but it doesn't supersede my protein, which would be my husband. So this is my children. This would be their schooling, their activities, disciplining them, having fun, praying with them, instruction. These are the things that I do in my grain category. So I would write that on my little roll there. Next is our vegetable. This takes the most of my time, but it doesn't consume my life. So this would be my home, cleaning, meals, outdoor chores, all those other kinds of things. Then I have fruit. This is a vibrant addition to my life and it gives me joy. So this would be my local church. This would be worship, Bible study, small groups, being hospitable, having Awana or youth group, all those different things. Next is our dairy. Dairy is important and it's satisfying, but it's not going to be the same every day. So this would be my extended family, my friends, my parents and siblings, nieces and nephews, neighbors, those kinds of things. It's satisfying, but it's not the same every day. And finally, my dessert. I cannot live on this alone. I must have other areas in my diet disciplined in order to be able to fully enjoy this category. So this would be hobbies like projects, time on the internet, exercise, other things like that. So that's not scary. It's not, it's totally doable. And if you look at the chart, you can see where that might fit for you. Um, so God establishes the work of our hands. God tells us what's the best meal plan for us. So, you know, if we're going to be building our strength in doing this, then what do we need to grow strong? Well, we do need to eat our vegetables. And if you remember, our vegetables are our home, and that's the same for all of us. So if you walk away from here thinking, okay, I need to change every area of my life, you will become quickly discouraged. So 
do not think that that's the expectation, but you are seeking God and his wisdom for you and how to help in your home. However, if you do walk away from here thinking, oh, I'm just not organized, it's okay for me to have a crazy house, then I challenge you to be sober-minded. God does have expectations for his children, and his expectations are that we have a balanced meal plan and that we are able to do this so we can obey and serve him. And if we begin to just eliminate food groups, then we'll become malnourished. And all of these work together for our benefit to serve God. So as I switch gears here a little bit, have you ever made an actual budget? And if you have, do you still use that absolutely exact same budget today? Or have you tweaked it and changed it over the years and how things have changed? You know, like a budget, a system is just a simple tool to help direct you and keep you on a certain path. And a system is only good as you use it and adjust it to meet your current needs. So if I kept the exact same schedule that I had when I was in college for my family of 12, um, they would, my family would eat a lot of plain pasta, they would have very little clean laundry, and they would wonder why mom spent so much time in coffee shops. So I want to be able to help you, and it's to show you that by addressing the things in your home that take the most of your time, your vegetables, this will allow you to spend the bulk of your quality time with those God has determined are your greatest priority. And I told you my family couldn't survive under my college schedule, but the reason is not because they would mind eating pasta every day. It's that my college schedule was so self-focused. I wasn't able to help anyone else. And even in our own homes with a lot of people around us, we can also be so self-focused on our own goals that we miss that joy of bringing others alongside of us. Um, Verse 16 of the verses that we've been looking at says, Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Managing our homes well shows our children and the people close to us the power of God. So I'm going to share some practical ideas, but principled ideas from scripture. So jot down the things that stick out to you. Talk it over with your husband or a friend and choose just a couple of things to start on. Remember, the point is not to be overwhelmed. The point is to get started on something that helps you obey God. Okay, so I took ideas from women from multiple stages of life. So we have a stay-at-home mom. We have a full-time working mom. We have ideas from a single working woman, a single working mom, and then also ideas from a a retired from full-time working wife, mother, and grandmother. So I'm not going to go through what each of these people said. I'm just going to give some quick ideas from different categories and see what resonates with you. So the first principle is under general housekeeping. And the principle is do it little by little. Exodus 23:30 says, little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and possessed the land. God has a large goal of occupying the promised land, and he had a plan to use his children to accomplish this goal. So when I talked to the ladies I polled, all had the same challenge. Just do a little bit at a time so you don't become overwhelmed. And 
with that, then we have to ask ourselves, why are we overwhelmed? And when we're honest, I believe it's because we just flat out really just don't want to do the work. We know what needs to be done, but we need to just gear ourselves up and do it. So we need to recognize what needs to be done and make a plan that fits your stage of life. But whatever you do, don't ignore it. So some of the things that these ladies have done is having a weekly cleaning schedule that has a different task during each of the different days. And so when you wake up in the morning on Monday, I know that I'm going to vacuum and wipe fingerprints off of windows, even though they're going to be right back there. Two minutes later, I know that I at least did it on Monday and that I will do it again next Monday. Um, other things are being able to clean the bathrooms while you're getting ready. You can clean the shower while you're in it. Then you don't get bleach stains on your clothes. That's a super idea. Um, you can also, a way to do that is to keep your cleaning supplies in each of those bathrooms so they're handy and ready to go. Um, if you have kids and you want to give them chores, something that is helpful is, um, creating a binder and getting those pocket folders and then make lists of what it means to clean the bathroom. So it actually means wiping the sides of the toilet, not just the seat. It means wiping down like the base of the tub where all that dust gathers right at the edge of the tub. It means closing the door and sitting on the toilet like if a guest were there and looking around your bathroom and saying, what do I see? I see that cobweb that I never see because the door is always closed. There's so many different things, but you might not put that on the list, but at least gives a list where your kids can go through and they have fun because they could take like an expo marker and check off the list and see that you know, this is what it actually means for me to say, I have cleaned the bathroom. So it's helpful. Um, those are just some general housekeeping ideas. We're going to move on to laundry because I think laundry is fun to talk about. So um, the principle here is don't be wishy-washy, just wash. So Second Thessalonians 2.15 says, So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions you were taught by us, either by our own spoken word or the letter. So the principle here, just in general, laundry doesn't have to be a major life event. Find out what works for you in your household and don't be tossed by everyone else's system. So remember, consulting others can be helpful, but if you're leaving it at comparing, it's not helpful. So again, ask yourself, why is laundry hard? Do I not want to collect it? Do I leave it piled once it's washed? Do people not want to put it away? Identify the areas that makes it hard and then help yourself get past that point. So for me, I have 12 in my household and I had no problem washing the laundry, but then what did I do with it after that? Did I have a big laundry mountain? Oftentimes I did. So what I realized was if I could get it sorted and put somewhere, I didn't want to then have another step of having to be responsible to get other people to put it away. And so for us, we got those really big black um, tiered shelves. And I, every person has a basket, 
But even beyond that, what we found works for us is, so my older kids all do their own laundry. So they're responsible for putting it in and getting, taking it out and they have dressers and they, they put it away. For my kids eight and under, they don't have dressers. We just have baskets. And so I'll use the square laundry baskets or I'll use those um, egg crate ones, the colorful ones that you can put school stuff in. And then I'll use like dollar store baskets for socks and underwear. And then I'm fine doing the laundry. And then when I take it out of the dryer, I'm the one just sticking it directly in their basket. And then it's done. And then I know everybody knows where their clothes are instead of everyone's things being all mixed up. But then they don't have to put them away. And it keeps the clutter out of their bedrooms. And it's just so much easier for me. So that's what works for us. My friend who works and has kids, she said absolutely no laundry baskets because what she found when she asked herself what is going on with laundry was she could do it and put it in everyone's baskets, but then the basket might get to the bedroom, but it doesn't get back down to the laundry room or it just sits in the laundry room. So you have to figure out what's locking you up and what's keeping your system able to keep your system moving. Now, I had also said um, consult others. So be open to suggestions too. And so I am actually not the systems person my husband is, but I was really trying hard to come up with something on my own. And so after a while, I asked him why my husband didn't like my laundry system. He hadn't said how wonderful it was. And so he said, well, it's not that I don't think you have a good idea, but your laundry room is still always so messed and it's cramped. And, and, and so he said, if you would just move this shelf over here and move this over here, then you could actually open your dryer door without it slamming shut in the middle of the other shelf being in the way. And you know what? It was extremely helpful and it opened up my whole area. And now it is not always perfectly clean, but at least helps it not be so cramped. So don't be too proud to take advice from someone, even if they're not the one doing the laundry every day. It was very easy for him to see why my system was not working. So those are just some ideas about laundry. Next, we're going to talk about dishes, kitchen, meal planning. The principle here is um, do more than just the minimum. So Proverbs 31, 15 says, she rises while it is still night and provides food for her maidens. If we're only responding to the next meal, we're missing opportunities to bless our household. So food is an amazing way to bless our household. And even the single and retired ladies that I talked to had a very similar perspective on food. So they would often cook two really big meals a week and split them. Then they could eat them as lunches or dinners, but they would also maybe make one really big meal and have someone over and then split that up and they would eat it again later. So the idea with this is that you're doing as much as you can when you're already working so that you are making lots of dirty dishes and then you have time later to just pull something out and make it quick and easy. And so every day doesn't have to be a really big, messy day. Um, 
even for us as a large family, I may make like a really big Instapot of rice at the beginning of the week. And then I have that ready for the rest of the week when I'm ready. You could also do that with things like hard boiled eggs. Um, you could do it with meat as far as if you were going to brown a bunch of meat. And then you don't have to get that dish out again later. Um, other ideas just with meal planning. A lot of women I've heard will just get a cheap calendar and write what they're having every day of the week on their calendar. And you can always move that around, but at least you have an idea down and you're not wondering what to do. Um, and in a, in a bigger picture, what we do in order to help in the kitchen and with food is it's tax return time. So we take a portion of our tax return and we buy things for our pantry and most importantly for our big freezer. So this helps us keep our budget throughout the year low because I'll buy most of my meat and I'll package it into smaller packages and then we can pull that out and not have to use that huge chunk of money that meat can take up um, out of your budget. And I know that that's there. And that helps me plan better during the weeks. So those are some ideas about kitchen and dinner. And then we have a couple more. One is shoes and toys. And this is quick, but the principle is the less is best. So when we talk, James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And our Heavenly Father showers us with blessings and gifts. But then what do we do with them? So when we have many, many, many things, sometimes we take them for granted. And so when we think of the clutter of sh to, uh, sh shoes and toys, um, I think the main issue is if you care about it, you'll take care of it. So it might not even be that it's a bad thing, but if you teach your kids to take care of their toys and be grateful for them, then they won't be as much of a burden. Um, but even with that, it's, it's difficult to manage multiple things. And so what we have found is in our household, like we don't keep toys or things like shoes on the main level. We don't keep things on the area where we all are at any given time. All of those things are kept either upstairs in bedrooms or downstairs in the basement. Um, and this just keeps the clutter out of the way. So if we have toys out, they're out and they're playing with them and then we put them away. Another way to help is we keep them in different categories. So we will, we've, just chose like, okay, all kids like Legos, all kids like little people, all kids like Duplos or Matchbox cars. And we don't vary too much away from just the similar types of toys. And then we build off of that so that it all kind of works together and it's helpful. So those are some ideas there. Lastly is time management. And this kind of brings us full circle. So the principle is make the problem smaller. So Psalm 90, which we've been looking at, says in verse 12 says, so teach us to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. Um, we actually ask God to teach us what to do with our time. He has, he has given us this great amount of time. And 
honestly, I have lived most of my married years in a state of house renovation, moving, pregnant, or generally all three together. So what we learned is that there will never be this amazing, perfect amount of time to get this beautiful project all planned out and done. We've learned that in order to not be overwhelmed, you must do everything a little bit at a time. So it was just what we have learned and it's helped me. So my question for you is, are you literally and figuratively grabbing at different food groups? And this is an indicator. If you don't have a plan for your time, then you're just grabbing at different things. So if you look at your meal plan chart, what are the priorities for you and where should most of your time be spent? Are you not hungry for vegetables because you are actually full of fruit? So if you buy, you could buy a simple notebook and start making lists. You can make short-term lists or long-term lists. I had a friend that would even break it down into five-minute jobs or here are phone calls, here are two-minute jobs, here are 15-minute jobs. And if she had time, she'd say, oh, I could do that job. And she would write a note. So don't waste one of the greatest gifts God has given to you. Um, make a goal of three or four things that need to be done that day. And then do those things. If you know you're going to be gone most of the day, then get up earlier, get those couple things done, and then you can enjoy the rest of your day. That's your reward set before you. Um, I'm looking to see... I think that covers our time management. So now what? The last step. I talked about our plate, and that's generally, remember, it's just more our personality. What are we going to do with those things? So I have a challenge for you to write on that other little line on the opposite side of your plate. So if you were a paper plate... Remember, your strength is that you're flexible and easygoing. However, daily tasks can burden you. Your take-home challenge is to make a general schedule that you can keep. So choose one to two household things that need to be done each day and commit to keeping that schedule so that you can be free to minister in the way that God has really, really gifted you. So on the opposite side of the line, write weekly schedule, slash serve. So your general weekly schedule will help give you the freedom to do those gifts that God has given you in serving. Now the melamine plate, your strength is that you bear many responsibilities, but your challenge is to do something that is not comfortable. And Psalm 9016 teaches us about the power of God being shown to others through service. So pray and ask God to show you someone outside of your normal interaction to get to know or serve. So if you have kids, bring them alongside of you that they may also see the power of God. Look at the time spent in your home and see maybe where you're being inefficient in your work and then dedicate that 10 minutes a day, four days a week to refining this area. Then when you redeem that time, you can redeem that time to serve. So on the opposite side of your line, write focus work slash serve. Next is our corral. Your strength is your resilience to the busyness of life. My hat's off to you. Your challenge is to not lose joy in the midst of that ordered chaos. 
So set aside a specific time of thanksgiving and celebrate the blessings of your heavenly father. Identify one area of your house that's this constant burden, aka always leads to sin, and start with a small doable solution and continue to build on it. So if it's kitchen clutter, then purpose to have all the counters cleaned off and the dishes washed, um, or just at least in the dishwasher every night before you go to bed. And then when you wake up in the morning, you're more focused on rejoicing and being thankful. So on your line, you would write, identify triggers and rejoice. Next is China. Your strength is finding beauty in experiences, but your challenge is to engage on a practical level. So evaluate your schedule. Are you in a Bible study or do you serve in an ongoing way in your local church body? Maybe you do have a good cleaning and home system, so... Get to know a new wife and mom or ask if you can come over and help them with something. Be a help to those who need your wisdom or who need to teach, need to be taught how to find that beauty that you are so keen at seeing. Um, You could have someone over that you would like to get to know and just have a simple lunch. On your line, you would write, share beauty, serve. Now, those are our four plates, but remember, there's also this one last category. If you did not have a plate, remember we said that the kind of plate is just a reflection of your personality, but in order to share the meal, you must have a plate that represents your life in Christ. So if you're unsure if you have this foundation, your takeaway today is to read God's word or reach out to the person who invited you or the Regarding Him website. Um, you can have one of the most organized of homes, but you can only walk around with broccoli in your hand for so long. You need the foundation of Jesus Christ in order to have your meal. So you would write, seek Jesus. Remember, God has given us our homes not to be overwhelmed by them. He calls us to be servants in multiple areas, and then he teaches us to ask him to establish the work of our hands, And God determines what is important for you. Are you willing to obey him in this? We are builders of our own homes. We need to be strong and healthy. We need to have our spiritual meal plan in accordance with his word. But are you honest with your meal planning? Are you only eating desserts? Coffee and granola bars, unfortunately, are not a food group. And are you eating your carbs before your protein, otherwise known as putting your kids before your husband? Ask God to give you wisdom and then ask him to establish the work of your hands. Remember, God establishes the work of our hands. God tells us what is the best meal plan for us. All right, one of the things I really appreciate about Ellie's talk was that it wasn't just a list of things that she does and how we should follow her plan exactly. Instead, she gave us some really great principles to think about in the different areas of our home. And I think it would be really good for us to stop and just kind of review those principles before we end our podcast episode today. So number one, she talked about a general housekeeping principle is do a little bit by a little. I think this was really helpful because sometimes we get overwhelmed when we look at everything in our home. Um, She gave us a laundry principle. It was don't be wishy-washy, just wash. 
And what a great thing to remember, like just get it going. One of my favorite things to do when I'm folding clothes, which is my thing I hate (laughs) about laundry, is I love to listen to a podcast and then the time just flies. So using some little tricks and tips is good. Another um, principle she had is in kitchen and dishes is to do more than just the minimum, like make batch cooking or maybe clean something, clean out a drawer every time you do your dishes. You know, she just gave some great tips. Um, for shoes and toys, her, her principle was less is best. And um, I think that's really helpful because sometimes we get overwhelmed with too much stuff in our house. But what a great idea to think, okay, what do I really need? And her last principle was under time management and it was make the time small. Uh, I think this is really helpful to think in increments of like five minutes or 10 minutes or even even a small time like 30 minutes. You can get a lot done. Uh, one thing I've done before is time myself doing a job I didn't like, like cleaning my bathroom. I was amazed that it literally took me like 12 minutes to thoroughly clean my bathroom if I was diligent to do it. So timing yourself is good. She did share with us one good question is to ask, why is this job so hard? What specifically about it is just overwhelming? I think that was a really excellent idea. I think we could ask that with any job and then try to figure out how we can solve this problem. I love how she encouraged us to ask others for help and ideas. This could be a husband or a good friend. It could be the woman who is maybe a little farther along in your homemaking journey. Hey, it could even be someone who's in the same stage of life as you. Really, asking others for help is a humble way to live. Now, she said, just pick one or two things to work on. Maybe ask yourself, what's the hardest thing for me to do right now? Like, what would am I avoiding? Hey, this is a really good principle is just to start with one or two things. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the homes that we take care of, whatever they look like, whether they're a dorm room, an apartment, whether they're a regular home or a condo, or whether we are, um, they're just our bedroom because we're still living at home under our parents' authority. However they are, Lord, help us to honor you with these and help us to do the things you've put in front of us every day. In Jesus' name, amen. On our next episode, we are going to spend some time talking about how you and I need to have a heart for the lost. What does this even look like? Practically, how can we live in our busy lives of all the things we have to do and still care for those who are not followers of God and share the gospel of Jesus with them? What are some real practical ways that we can get involved with people who are not Christians or who even might claim to be Christians? Join us for this rich discussion on the episode next week. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God, until next time.